Welcome to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create your dream business so you can live the dream lifestyle that you want and deserve. Yes, success is not only possible, you deserve success. And now, welcome the dream business coach, Jim Palmer. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an, an everlasting bond with your customers. Well, why do you want to do that? So they stay longer, spend more, and refer more, and those are great things. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach, and I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. I'm so excited about this week's show. i got a real um, legend in the copywriting industry and just uh, a 30-year serial entrepreneur. He's known as Doberman Dan. Let me tell you a little bit about Dan. So Doberman Dan is a 30-year serial entrepreneur. As I said, he's a direct response copywriter. He has worked in a variety of niches. His specialty has been in the health and fitness and bodybuilding markets. Dan has started four of his own nutritional supplement businesses. He sold three of them, enjoying two different uh, bouts with semi-retirement or mini-retirement. We'll ask him about that. He was recently um, he's recently been hired by a uh, $600 million a year company to help them start a brand new supplement division. So that's clearly his uh, specialty. He's been publishing the uh, Doberman Dan Letter since 2011, has many of the uh, most successful marketers in the world as subscribers. And Dan was written uh, literally hundreds of times, uh, hundreds of successful ads, direct mail packages, websites, email marketing campaigns, feature articles and newsletters. And, and speaking of articles, he's appeared in Entrepreneur, Investors Daily, Investors Business Daily, Muscle Fitness, Men's Edge, Iron Man, The National Enquirer, just to name a few, and, and of course, many mainstream newspapers and magazines as well. Dan, thanks so much for coming on Stick Like Glue. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for the invitation. I've heard, I've, uh, I've heard your name for probably seven or eight years. Um, I was trying to judge by your picture. I'm guessing you're either about the same age as me or a little younger. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm 57. When did you get into the whole direct response and, and online world? So um, let me see, 21 years ago, which means that I got started in direct response when I was still in the crib. And uh, that's <laughs> there a you go. complete lie. Um, yeah, let me see, How, 93, around 93, I guess I discovered it, 93, 94, I think. Uh, okay. Because of that rascal Dan Kennedy, um, I bought his magnetic marketing kit and just became enamored with the fact that he sold me $400 worth of paper and cassettes with a letter. That's what started this whole thing. Oh, my gosh. You know I own just about everything that Dan has put out. I discovered him or somebody introduced me to Dan in 2006. It was at a transition point. I was still running a small business where I was the – I was really chained to the – I had a very nice title as founder and president, but I was the grunt. I was doing it all and just chained to the business. And I knew when I was um, – I needed to come up with a different strategy. That's when I first was starting to learn about Internet marketing. But somebody gave me a Dan Kennedy book. It was the black and red book, uh, No BS Direct Response Marketing. And um, I just can't even – I've never read a book that kind of spoke like that. I mean, not only just a conversational tone, but – 
every page just was dripping with authority like you don't dare not believe what he was telling you. And I totally resonate. I actually was reading – I was on vacation, Dan. I went, I went back to the house and got online. I ordered every other book Dan Kennedy did at the time and just consumed them all. So I guess we're both Dan Kennedy fans. <laughs> For sure. What um, – so just curious – oh, I know why I brought up the whole Dan Kennedy thing. You know, it was uh, – I don't think I did last year's product, but the one before that, I don't know if it's Mailbox Millions or something. I like watching the whole launch just because you learn so much. And I went into it thinking there's no way – I'm first of all, I own so much other stuff. At this point, I think Dan kind of puts some new stuff to, and combines it with a lot of old stuff and calls it a new program. I, I think he'd actually admit that on video probably. But I started watching Dan knowing – I was not going to buy this thing, and doggone if I didn't buy it. How? I mean, the man has some serious magical powers. I said that too. Um, this, I, I have enough stuff. I'm trying to simplify my life, less stuff. But I'm just going to observe Dan's process while he's doing this thing, and then I get sucked into it. And I wind up buying it too. So let's let's go back a little bit. Um, so when you when you discovered Dan and, and that got you into the copywriting space and things like that, w- what did you do for those? Were you working at the time, or were you an entrepreneur? Or t- let's go. What's the early years look like? So I was a full time employee, part time entrepreneur. Um, I through a series of happenstance. I got a job on the Dayton Police Department. Like, no life planning whatsoever, just stumbling around eventually wound up me applying for the civil service test for police officer for the city of Dayton. And amazingly, they hired me. I say amazingly because I was completely honest with them about how much weed I smoked in high school, which I thought for sure <laughs> that would end the selection process right there. But I guess they were impressed that, wow, well, we can pretty much count on the fact that this dude's going to be honest. So, yeah, so I was a police officer and was a police officer full-time for 12 years. The first three years, I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship or any of that. And then somebody got me in the Amway business, and that opened me to the idea of, you know, being an entrepreneur, being self-employed. Now, I failed miserably <laughs> at Amway, but at least it got me started on something. And then I, you know, so for nine straight years, I just kept trying to get other businesses going, not not uh, not direct response businesses or anything like that, just, you know, traditional businesses, a uh, couple vending businesses, a jewelry business, a home improvement business, all of which I failed at, by the way, but. Uh, you know, luckily I still had the full-time job to uh, support my two bad habits of sleeping indoors and eating. <laughs> Did you um, have a friend come over to your house and say they had a good opportunity to discuss with you, and then when you're sitting around about a half an hour later, they mention the word Amway, or how, how did you get into it? <laughs> well, it was almost like that. They actually bribed me because, you know, I was single at the time. I was in my early 20s. And uh, it was somebody that I knew from some some college classes I took. And, you know, we ran into each other at the mall, and she said, hey, my husband's starting a business. He's looking for some help. Why don't you come by the house Thursday night, and I'll fix you dinner. 
and we'll talk about it. And all I heard was, I'll fix you dinner. You know, yeah, I haven't right. had a home-cooked meal in years. So that was the bribe that, that you know, of course, then they started drawing circles afterwards. Yeah. So I had a, uh, not to go off on this tangent, but I had a friend, pretty close friend at the time. We haven't spoken in years. Not that this was the only thing, but same thing. And so I'm over there, and I'm, and he's starting to talk, but he's going in circles, and I said, this isn't Amway, is it? And I, it was just like a guess because it's the only multi-level marketing name I knew. And he goes, well, it is, but let me – blah blah. and I said, I'm not interested. I'm totally not. And, and we kind of ended it, and I said, Dan, why couldn't you just be honest with me, right? And he goes, uh, you know, Jim, I do want to apologize. And I said, okay, it's, it's not necessary. We're cool. He goes, no, I want to apologize for not being clear enough on how great of an opportunity this is. <laughs> you know, he just kept going. <laughs> and I said, dang it, and I left. So anyway, not, not all Amway people are like that, but that was just kind of funny. He took me back there in time. <laughs> So, so okay. So you had a you had some trial and error as an entrepreneur. Then, how did you get into um, copywriting? When, when did that come about? So I can't remember what business it was at the time that was crashing and burning. Since all of them crashed and burned, but uh, so I found I found this Dan Kennedy guy, and he's pr- he's promising all these wonderful things. How this magnetic marketing system. It, you know, works like crazy for getting new customers. And I thought, well, that sounds like a, a way to help this business I can't seem to get off the ground. So I bought that for that reason. But then when I saw, you know, spending 400 what was $397, spending that for a what is essentially some really poor quality copies, like I think they were like ninth generation copies, in a three-ring binder with six cassettes, that was just unheard of. And I, when I got that, I totally just lost interest in any other business I was starting. And I thought, I want to sell really poor quality copies in a three-ring binder for 400 bucks with a letter like Dan Kennedy. So that's what got me started. In fact, I knew nothing about direct response. All I knew is the process I observed Dan Kennedy doing to sell – magnetic marketing and i totally ripped it off ripped off the process and used it to sell a self-published course in a bodybuilding niche which was you know a hobby or i guess you more accurately say a passion of mine back then and that that little business it, it's not it was a lot like an overnight success it took about a year but after a year that little mail order business because this was pre-internet uh, that is what got me free of the full-time job after 12 years full-time cop, nine years failed entrepreneur, failed serial entrepreneur. It was that little mail order business that did it, and that's what I've been. That was 90, late '96, early '97, I guess. That's mm-hmm. what I've been doing ever since: is starting businesses with direct response marketing and. Serial entrepreneur, serial as I call it, kitchen table entrepreneur. All these businesses are have been started with nothing but a yellow legal pad, a blue pen, and my brain. Wow! And I know that um, Gary Halbert, can, you had an opportunity to work alongside of him for a while, right? I did, and I learned about Gary through Dan Kennedy's newsletter. So I, I was a uh, subscriber to Gary's newsletter. He just his writing just really resonated with me, and he was from 
he grew up in Barberton, Ohio, the same little town I grew up in. And uh, I just kept thinking, man, if I could, you know, I was already somewhat successful. My mail order business in the bodybuilding niche had, you know, then grown online and grown into a supplement business, nutritional supplement business. And, you know, I had some degree of success, but I thought, man, if I could learn what this Gary Halbert guy knows, I could shortcut this learning curve and be, you know, have greater success faster. So, yeah, I I deliberately pursued him for like three years, constantly sending him stuff in the mail, sending him packages. I used the technique he taught in his newsletter on how to get uh, the attention of a VIP. I turned it around on him, used it on him. It took about three years, really, of me constantly doing things to remain on his radar till all the planets aligned and and uh, we wind up meeting in person and then a short time later, um, you know, started working together for about a year and a half. How, so what did that look like? Were you like an apprentice or? Well, what happened was, so we, I mean, we got to the point where I guess I just wore him down with all the stuff I kept sending him. And he occasionally would call me on the phone and, uh, you know, we, uh, a friendship developed. And uh, one time he wrote a, uh, one of his newsletters about Costa Rica, how he thought Costa Rica was so cool, and he talked about Costa Rica. And uh, I sent him a fax saying I got some questions about Costa Rica. And he called me, and, you know, his girlfriend from Costa Rica was in town, so they answered my questions about Costa Rica. And then it was about a month later, I, I, I just thought, well, that sounds really good. I was ready for a change, and I knew Halbert went to Costa Rica quite frequently, and I thought, you know, if I go there, I bet you I can wind up hanging out with him. So I sold everything I had. In sight unseen, moved to Costa Rica with nothing but two changes of clothes, my Doberman, and my laptop. And so about a month after I had the converse, the phone conversation with him about Costa Rica, I sent him an email and said, hey, I'm living in Costa Rica now. And he was he's like, holy crap, I can't believe you just up and did that. And so he said, next time I'm in town, let's get together. And we did. We had dinner. And then he came back about a month later and said, hey, do you mind if I crash at your place for the weekend? And I told him, well, of course not. And he wound up staying like almost three months at my place in Costa Rica. So, you know, at that point, we started working together. It, it, it was, it was, yeah, it was a mentor-mentee kind of relationship. That's so crazy. I mean, he just moved in with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That, That's that amazing. Wasn't the plan. That was not the plan, and that was not what was proposed. Uh, he just asked if he could crash for the weekend, and then he just kept staying there. And uh, I even went back to Ohio at one point to go back to my class reunion, my 20-year class reunion, you know, and, and Albert stayed in my home. I came back home, and he just, you know, I'm thinking, well, he's probably going to go back to Miami now. No, he just stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Now, I mean, what year was that? 2003. So he's, he's I mean, he's big-time Gary Halbert at that point, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. That and is then, crazy. I mean, so he finally did you ever hang back around to with Miami? Okay. He, he 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 dragged me back to Miami with him. He was. I never thought I would leave Costa Rica. I had the ideal life there, but he had a big project he was working on, and he wanted me to work on it with him. And he insisted that the only way that that could be done effectively was if I was there with him in Miami. So he talked me into once again <laughs> getting rid of all my possessions and moving again. And I moved back to to Miami. He had a he had two apartments in this one building. His apartment where he lived, and what he called his client apartment, where occasionally clients would come to stay. And I stayed in his client apartment for I don't know, I guess about six months there before I got my own place. Wow. Now was like uh, Joe Paulus, John Carlton, those guys were they were they around yet or? Oh yeah. Um, I never, I never got to hang out with them. John used to call my house all the time in Costa Rica to to speak with Gary, um, but you know, I I never got to see those guys. They never came down to Costa Rica. Hmm. Man, how fun! I, I, you know what? I'm I'm so enjoying this conversation, Dan. I'm suspecting some of my listeners go, "All right, Jim, move on and start giving some stuff, some nuggets." Right? <laughs> this is a great story, man. All right, so when did so? I guess you know with Gary Halbert, the Gary Halbert letter and things like that. Is that was was that the impetus to you starting your own newsletter, the Doberman Dan letter? Or? Yes. Every year, I I reread all of Gary's old newsletters. And it was November, probably November of 2010, I was rereading all his old newsletters and just had one of my typical ready, uh, fire, aim ideas of, I'm going to start a print newsletter. And so in December of 2010, I'd al- I already had a blog. I'd been writing free content on a blog since 2007, um, but uh yeah, so it was like December of 2010, I decided, yeah, I'm going to start a print newsletter. And I launched it just by announcing it to the, the list of people who had opted into my blog. And uh, and started publishing first issue was January 2011. And here we are in May of 2016, and it's still going strong. Good for you. How How, how many pages is it? It's it's 16. It, it actually varied that first year. There were some months that were 24, or I remember one issue was 32. And then I realized that overwhelming your subscribers is not necessarily a good thing. And so now it's 16 pages now. Got it. How how long does that take you to write that? I don't keep track of it anymore like I used to, but I should, you know, after five and a half years of doing it, I should be faster at it than I am. But no, it's it's about thirty hours a month, and if you want to talk writing time and editing time, it's probably thirty hours a month. Wow. So Dan, is it? Would you say it's? I mean, Gary's was was like a big long letter. Dan's had uh, you know some different sections to it. How would you describe your newsletter? Mine is just one long narrative. 
One okay. long personal letter is what it is, actually. Wow. And and you weave it's, in the, um, the 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 copywriting strategies, things like that, or is it is it more like a personal dialogue? Well, one of the things I I really believe in ready fire aim. That's always worked out well for me, but there's some drawbacks to it. And one of the things, one of the mistakes I made with my newsletter is that there's no targeting. Even people ask me, well, who's it for? And my response is, anybody who uses direct response marketing, online or offline, doesn't matter. Anybody, well, that's pretty broad. Um, So... I like it because it gives me a variety of topics to speak about. I, I can speak about any direct response marketing stuff I want to talk about or any copywriting stuff or or pers- persuasion stuff or even like uh, in the this month's issue, the May issue, I do kind of a look over my shoulder thing while I'm exploring a, a new kitchen table business I'm looking at starting. So I like the fact that I'm not – pigeonholed into one thing, but also it makes <laughs> it makes it a lot harder to reach my audience. If it were, you know, fill in the blanks, if it were plastic surgeons or something like that, or like Joe Polish's initial deal was carpet cleaners, well, it makes targeting a lot easier. Well, because I went broad and, you know, and, and it just made it for anybody who uses direct response marketing. It's been a little bit diff- more difficult to reach my my target audience. Hmm. So is that is that your core business now, or are you are you the occasional hire for for big bucks to actually copyright and, and um, work with different companies? Like what's what lights you up these days? So I had a I. I had a bodybuilding business I started in 2004 that I sold in 2012, and I did start freelancing in 2012, and I I did that in addition to my newsletter business, which is now it's the, it's really a membership. It's a newsletter, a membership site, a monthly webinar. Um, in addition to that, I was doing a lot of client work, and then earlier this year, I I fired them all. <laughs> not not because anything wrong with them. I was just ready to get back to my roots of being what I, you know, initially started out being this kitchen table entrepreneur and just focusing on my own business. So, yeah, this year I've just been focusing on my my publishing slash membership business. I still get a soft spot in my heart. I occasionally take a client and do copywriting, but it's it's going to be much more occasional now. That's so cool. Do you um, how do you do you ever do you ever uh, do any seminars or live events? Teach people copywriting or or not? Did you ever did you ever do any kind of seminars? Well, I've done yeah, I've done a couple of my own events and I've done masterminds. I've never done any big seminars. Uh, next month in June, uh, Dan Kennedy has invited me to be the only co-presenter at his Mind Hijack copywriting event in Cleveland. So I've got that on the calendar. I'm not, I'm not a big seminar guy. I'm actually planning on starting to do 
events, but they'll be private events. They'll they'll just be for my my members, or as, as I call them, I call my memberships the marketing Camelot, and I call my members nights. So probably the events I'll do from now on will just be privately for the nights in my marketing Camelot. Gotcha. So, um, well, that's pretty good. So, what did when did you develop a relationship with Dan? Well, he's a subscriber to my newsletter, and well, he's known me for decades. But um, you know, our our contact has been sporadic. To be honest with you, I really didn't get on his radar until he started getting my newsletter, and then when okay. he started getting my newsletter every month, he, you know the our communications increased, and uh, you know he's been he's said some really nice things about my newsletter. So this new this crazy newsletter man has opened up more doors for me than I ever could have imagined. And one of them is getting to appear on the stage with my original inspiration, the guy who got me into direct response marketing, Dan Kennedy. That's a direct result. Of my newsletter. Do you have any idea how he got on your newsletter originally? Was that uh, through Gary or? No, um, Gary. Gary had passed away, uh, or Gary had passed away prior to me launching the newsletter. So uh, he got he started getting my newsletter because I sent him a pitch for it. <laughs> no way. When I launched this thing, I had a compile. I've actually done this a couple times. I compiled a list of marketers I know, and I sent them a pitch for my newsletter. That's awesome. You know, part of I mean, there's the the lesson there is, man, you're just you're you're setting your intentions and you're taking the shot. You know, when um, I was writing my sixth book uh, called Decide: The Ultimate Success Trigger, I I um, I had some really nice people write the forwards to my previous five books, but then I really just, when I started writing, I just put an intention out there. I want the biggest celebrity I could find. I have no idea who it is, so I'm just like, you know, being open to whatever the universe might deliver. And um, I was listening to a podcast once, and um, Kevin Harrington, one of the original sharks on Shark Tank, was being interviewed. And um, I'm pretty sure it was like blog talks. It was live. And, you know, the common question at the end, how can people learn more about you? Well, he gave his website and but then he gave a an email address that was an AOL address and my first thought Dan was good god I didn't know AOL was still around and who the hell used AOL <laughs> but I thought oh I I wonder if he just slipped up there and accidentally gave his personal email so um I thought let me reach out to him so I I sent a quick email and said hey I just heard you on the show I thought it was great blah 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 and I said uh I I've been a watching Shark Tank since the beginning I really uh liked the he invested in something called uh City Kitty where you know teach cats like when you live in the city to use the toilet but I thought it was pretty funny and um so I referenced something like that and uh you know in my email I got a couple images it's not just your standard text thing so he started looking around at my web websites and stuff I'm doing and he responds back in like an hour hey looks like you got a lot going on would would uh, love to have a quick conversation with you so we connected on the phone and and having a you know just a nice little conversation, and then that little voice in my head saying, "Ask him, ask him, come on." And I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. I just met the guy, right?" So anyway, the way I phrase, I said, "Listen, Kevin, I'm I'm working on a, my manuscript for my sixth book. I'd be honored if you'd consider 
writing the forward instead of just asking him outright. And he said, well, send it to me. So I sent it to him, and he goes, I love this, and I will do it. And that's how I got Kevin Harrington to write the forward to my book. So it, I mean, it really says a lot about, you know, stepping up and taking the shot. Yeah. You know, I can understand maybe people feeling intimidated about that, just stepping up and taking a shot. But, you know, it's, it's so cliche, but it is so true. Like, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. And right. even a guy, you know, who has the, the the notoriety or fame or whatever you want to call it, Kevin, Kevin Harrington, you know, why not ask? What's the worst that can happen? just a regular guy, right? Just a regular guy with with a, a slightly more impressive resume, you know. So it's funny once you get over that a few times, it you know, kind of the whole celebrity thing. It it it's it's okay. It's usually the first time you you step up the bat. You're like, what are they gonna do? Squish you like a bug? <laughs> you know, some of the headdress. <laughs> you're right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So um, what does Doberman what does Doberman Dan do in his uh, leisure time? Or are you're in Florida now? Yes. I'm in, so I'm are you, in you, Florida. You live by the water? In, uh, no, I'm in the uh, the area that they call the horse capital of the world, which the truth, what I think the truth is behind that, this, this city here, Ocala, they claim that they're the horse capital of the world. And I think that nobody else had claimed that, so they just claimed it. Because, I mean, I grew up in Ohio. My understanding that pretty much Kentucky is the horse capital of the world, and I think in reality it is. But since Kentucky hadn't claimed it, good old Ocala, Florida did. So I'm in the central part of the state. Now, Ocala is – where is – that's like north of Orlando, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's almost like 75 miles straight north from Orlando. Something makes – now, does Ocala have um, – there was a certain – my parents uh, live in the winter and down in or, north of Orlando, and there was some point we went for this long-ass car ride, which I didn't want to do, but you got to visit your parents. And we went through this um, place where there was – it looked like – it actually looked like Kentucky, like just miles and miles and miles of fence and horses and thoroughbreds. And I'm wondering if that was Ocala at this point because they said this is like where they raise thoroughbreds and things like that. I'm, I'm wondering if that was Ocala. That's got to – it had to have been. But yeah, it looks a lot like Kentucky. It's got kind of these, you know, these rolling hills and these really big horse farms. There's an airport here that I think humans very rarely fly into or out of. I think most of the, the traffic at this airport here is flying out horses. I mean, they'll get sheiks coming in uh, from – you know, these multi-million dollar sheiks coming in from the Middle East to, to spend a million dollars on horses they buy here. That's the kind of horses they raise here. That's crazy. Um, let me let me ask you a couple quick questions about copywriting so I can check off the box that I asked something that hopefully my entrepreneurs that listen to this program will, will – I'm sure they're going to find everything we've talked about interesting. I'm just kidding. But So let's talk about copywriting because that – I mean that is really the skill to have, right? I mean if – I mean it's – was it Dan or Gary said copywriting is salesmanship in print? I forget which one said that. But I mean it is really – that is really the skill or craft. You either better learn or you better have some bucks to hire somebody – to do that, 
what do you do you i mean dan has his whole checklist of things you know the headlines and on the ps and all that stuff do you when you do a project do you kind of go along that whole dan kennedy model or did you kind of get your own doberman dan checklist going you know i've never worked with a checklist or a template or anything i have always just written by pure gut and i think it's yeah, it's kind of funny because people ask me, well, are you going to teach copywriting? I don't feel like I'm a great teacher of it. I'm a, I'm a great doer of it, but I don't know that I can always enunciate my process. I've eternal, internalized so much of it that it's just in my head, and I just kind of write by pure gut instinct. I know, you know... Uh, I know where I should be going at what certain point in the copy. And it's funny, after 21 years of writing copy, I'm just now finally forcing myself to try to analyze how it is I do it, you know, so that I can be a more effective teacher. of it. I've taught copy in the past. I've coached people through writing copy. But they'll ask me, well, why did you do this? Or why are you choosing to do this at this point in the copy? And my answer is usually been, I don't know. I just know that it's right. So now, finally, after all this time, I'm, I'm, I'm forcing myself to, to try to figure out my process so I can pass it on. By the way, that's, that's not a half-bad book title. I don't know why I do it this way, but I just know it's right or something like that. That's pretty fun. <laughs> you know, I read a lot of uh, – I read several of your blog posts um, yesterday as I was preparing for this. And one of the things I like about the way you write, it's first of all, it's very conversational. It's what I would consider airy. So you don't have – there's no long – at least the blogs I saw, Dan, there's no huge stuffed paragraphs, you know, like one or two sentence paragraphs, you got some check or some bullet lists or just dash lists or whatever, but it's very airy. And I always like that because when you look at it, it doesn't look like you have to set aside five hours to read it. Even if it does go on for a little while, it just has that feeling like you're, you can get through it easily. I'm, I'm guessing that's by design. That is by design. So I've been writing copy since not whatever, 94, I guess. And uh, I've been writing, so I've been writing in this Doberman Dan voice uh, in the business world since 2007. Prior to that, Doberman Dan was, uh, it came out of my bodybuilding business. So Doberman Dan was writing bodybuilding stuff. So I've been writing copy and editorial for a really long time. Uh, my paid newsletter, I, like I said, started January 2011. I don't. After all this time, knowing what I know now, I don't feel like I really totally found my voice until 2014. Wow. That's a long time and a lot of writing. So hopefully, Jim, <laughs> you read some more recent stuff on my blog because when I read some of the older stuff, I cringe. And I'm thinking, oop, I can tell. I, I, I didn't have it back then. I hadn't found my voice. Now I feel really confident that I have. But, yeah, all that's by design. When when they told me to write like you talk, I take that as literally as you can now. I grew up in the Midwest. I say words like ain't and gonna and you know instead of you know. I literally write that. 
I don't write, you know, I literally write, you know, or I'm gonna. Uh, whether that's, you know, right or not for some people, I don't know. But it's right for me and my voice. Um, last question, I'll let you go because I know we're getting long here. But what do you have any tips for people to write headlines? You know, I, I, I clicked the tab um, recent for your blog post. There was one, tell your boss to go screw himself. And I think it's a trick, but it works insanely well. You capitalize insanely. I mean, is, is it all about creating intrigue? I mean, it's curio- It's the curiosity factor. It's the number one reason, I guess, to create a headline is so they open it. Yeah, I like I like tracking my open rates and stuff like that. I mean, really, it's. I track it. It's not the most important metric. I mean, really, the important metric that we care about is is the stuff generating sales. But I still like to track all that. And what I keep finding out time after time, as far as, like, uh, you know, headlines for a blog post, especially email, subject line for an email, it just seems like curiosity almost trumps everything. Do you, um, last question. I know I said that's my second last question. Do you? I'm sure you have this. Uh, I heard Joe Polish at a uh, Dan Kennedy event. I, I think this stands as the record for the most product sales in a back room. But Joe talked about his long relationship with Gary Halbert, and Joe sold something called Triple X Marketing, which was a recording of Joe Polish, and I think there were four other business owners that uh, paid to have Gary come in for two days, like Denver, Colorado, sit in a hotel room, and basically, you know, they all got a, a long hot seat. Are you familiar with that product? I am. I, I have. Well, I had it. I lost it in one of my recent moves. But, yes, I did. Use, I used to have that product. I think that holds the, of all the stuff I own, and it's boxes of stuff. That's, my wife's like, come on, seriously? Anyway, not, not to go down that road, but I have boxes and boxes. That, I think, holds the record for the most times I've repeatedly listened to something. I've heard that thing from start to back. I think it's like seven or eight CDs, and um, I've listened to it a minimum of a dozen times. And when I hear Gary, the way he commands the room, first of all, I mean, he is like the king on the hill even guys that i forget there's one guy i think his name is terry there was a furniture guy and a real estate guy and both of them are doing well right they're all doing fairly well but he's just like and they were taking they were a little bit taken back with some of gary's stuff he goes listen it's not that you're doing anything wrong you just got to do more of what you're doing right and stop looking for the magic answer sometimes you know he just had a way to drill down stop in your track basically tell you to stop being a putz do more of this do more of that Stop being cheap on the postage. You know what I mean? He just he he just had such authority. I, I really I really uh, appreciated the the genius that Gary had. I, I think one of the first things he said on those recordings because Joe and Terry I forget Terry's last name Hunnefeld I think right that's right Terry Hunnefeld they're they're like talking amongst themselves and then you all of a sudden you hear Halbert walk into the room and he's he's got a woman with him. And one of the first things out of his mouth was something like, okay, listen up. Here's how we're going to do this. We're going to do this the best way, which is my way. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't know what you had in mind, but this is what we're going to do. And close your laptops, pay attention, and answer my questions. (laughs) It was great. He's like, boom, he commanded the room. 
I miss Gary so much. His son, oh. by the way, of uh, Bond and Kevin, are doing a really good job of keeping the legacy alive. They're keeping uh, the website up at the GaryHalbertLetter.com. They're they're adding stuff, even some of uh, some of Gary's old stuff they found. So so you know we don't have Gary with us uh, anymore in the flesh, but thanks to Bond and Kevin, we still have. Uh, you know, his legacy that we can read. Yeah, I interviewed Bond about a year ago. Of course I got the Boron letters. That was a that was a great piece there and yeah, I, I agree with you. So this was definitely a different kind of uh, a different interview. I totally uh appreciate your time. You've got a, a, a nice little uh storied past. Some someday I'm sure you're gonna write some kind of a book about your journey. I mean that I, I I personally as a marketer would find that very interesting. But then again, writing a book is a lot of damn work, so you'll have to be uh, quite inspired. But I really appreciate having you on. So, oh, well, let me let me ask the one formulaic question: How can people learn more about Doberman Dan and and uh, get connected with you? Oh, thanks, thanks for asking. The best place to go is my website at dobermandan.com. In fact, I'm uh, giving away a little bribe there. I hope people will like. I'm. My my paid newsletter is delivered in hard copy, but I will give you a, a PDF version of it there on the site. You don't have to opt in um, when you take when you go to DobermanDan.com. You'll arrive at a page offering you uh, that free issue of the newsletter, which I hope you'll get. But you can just bypass that and click the, the no thanks link, and it'll take you right to the site. I think there's. I, I've lost count. There's more than 400 free articles on there now. Wow, very cool, Dan. Thank you very much, man. It's been a uh, a very, very, very fun interview. Greatly appreciate your time. The, the pleasure was all mine, Jim. I appreciate the invitation, and I had a lot of fun. Cool, buddy. I, I'm guessing this was slightly different than your usual uh, interview. So, hopefully, uh, it was a good good afternoon for you. It was a very good afternoon. Thanks to you. I appreciate I appreciate you letting me uh, share all this stuff. I, I had a good time remembering it. Good deal. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special, slightly extended episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with rock star entrepreneur and legendary copywriter Doberman Dan. Stick Like Glue Radio is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. I'm committed, as always, to helping you build a more profitable business faster. That is a wrap for this week. Watch for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio next week. Until then, keep taking action. Keep moving forward and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Hey, now go out there and do something nice for somebody today. Take care. For more information and free resources on how to create your dream business, connect with Jim Palmer, the dream business coach at www.getjimpalmer.com. And be sure to check out Dream Business Coach TV, powerful two-minute videos filled with Jim's unique smart marketing and business building advice. See them all at www.dreambizcoach.tv. That's www.dreambizcoach.tv. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue Radio. And remember, success is not only possible, you deserve success.